morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT, every brand humanly possible. We're hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you are doing well, Boris shaking his head because I'm milking this bonjour gimmick longer and longer each week. I don't think Boris digs it, but uh, we're going to keep doing it anyway, possibly precisely for that reason. How you doing today, big homie? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kill me sometimes. Um, yeah. And you know what the funniest part is? I can easily edit it out. Actually, I can't because of the music, but... I'm going to get you one day. I'm going to get you one day. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, like, we were talking about, like, right before we started recording. I'm a little stuffy. Um, you know, not that I'm complaining, but uh, the weather has been relatively good here in Toronto the past few days, um, especially Sunday. Sunday was, like, yeah. just magnificent. It was, what, plus 17 degrees Celsius. We Yes, we did have, what, 90-kilometer winds, but... It was such a nice day, and then by Sunday night, I went out for a little bit, um, and it was back to negative weather, so just <laughs> up and down weather, just just absolutely killing my body. Yeah, the schizophrenic Toronto weather, yeah, you could probably hear it in our voices, actually. I'm a little stuffed up, too, big homie. Yeah, it's them spring allergies, but it's a beautiful day today. It's above the Mendoza line, three degrees right now, so that's good. <laughs> exactly that's all you can ask for at this point but yeah no man um all right gotta ask you first impressions wwe 2k22 oh yeah i actually really like it uh it's definitely the best wrestling game since 2k13 i need more time to declare it the best game since here comes the pain but it's uh it's a humongous step in the right direction i i i really like it a lot i think i uh, after playing a bunch of matches, it's it's possible that the controls might get a little samey, like they did simplify things. And uh, after playing like, you know, hundreds or thousands of matches, like months, years down the road, it might become a little boring. But we'll worry about that bridge when we cross it. Right. First impressions are actually pretty like extremely high. I'm, I'm quite pumped. Yeah, I know. That's awesome to hear. That's awesome to hear. I've, I've been reading like people who who generally criticize is uh, or criticized past tense WWE 2k20 just you know kind of cautiously optimistic about this game which is funny yeah. because if you if you hated WWE 2k20 that much it makes me laugh that you would pre-order this game so that you can get the exclusive window uh, the early access I should say but yeah and some Facebook groups I've seen some friends other friends that I have they're actually really liking the game a lot so far definitely and like a huge roster I think there's uh, once you play through the Rey Mysterio thing and unlock all the wrestlers there and unlock everyone uh, else, there's like 190 people on the roster before DLC, before you download any of the 100 uh, spots you have for custom wrestlers too, right? So you can have a humongous roster on this game. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear, man. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to give you a little more time. We're going to chat a little more about the game as we go on. Um, I'll have access to the game on friday i wasn't gonna pay early i honestly i've I just i just assumed i wasn't gonna have time go figure i do have a little bit of time this week um but like yeah today has just been 
back to back meetings. Uh, but then after today or after we record this, I got nothing to do. Word up. Hey, man. Well, if you find yourself back in the city, let me know. We'll rip a couple matches. Let you try it out. I got a, I got some controllers for the old PS4. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just been busy. Just generally busy. But things have been going well. Man, so NXT, what a what what a what a show! Yeah, the good stuff is uh, pretty good on this show, and I thought this was actually all all in all a really good wrestling show. Like, uh, really good, one of the better two I've ever seen. But the bad stuff on it is still like laughably bad and embarrassing for all involved. But like all things considered, if you look at the highlights, if you look at what happened, I actually do think it was a it was a good wrestling show from the two brand, and you can count those on your one hand. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You know, like if you take a look at and, and, and I've been saying this the past few weeks, each segment, you know, ha- has its merits, um, you know, and, and I kind of view the show segment by segment as opposed to a show as a whole. But after I watched last night's show, I'm like, you know what? End to end from eight till about what? 10, 10 p.m. Um, the show is pretty good. Absolutely. I thought so too, man. And coupled with NXT UK, which wasn't quite as strong on the whole, but still had a couple awesome promos and a fabulous main event. This is a pretty fun podcast worth of stuff. Also level up, which exists. It exists. It's a thing. <laughs> it's it's there. there. It takes up time on the network, right? Like, well, but, but you know what? Honestly, what did you expect from level up? Yeah, it's a half hour, so it's an easy watch, but at the same time, it's still so pointless that I might be out yeah. most weeks. Like, cool. if, if someone I'm super interested in, like a Nikita Lyons or whoever it may be wrestles, or if, like, a particularly good or bad match happens that we get word about, I'll go back and watch. But I think, officially, we've given it three weeks, and I am out watching yeah. it week by week. Just some weeks, is just so it's just so pointless. Like, two two and a half stars, two stars, three stars is what I have written down right here. Yep, that's exactly it, right? And then, you know, it is what it is. So basically, all I'm gathering is the next time Lash Legend fights on NXT Level Up, we're going to be watching to see how bad it is. <laughs> At least that one match, yes. Again, it's a half-hour show, but it's still so nothing happening that it feels it feels skippable even at 30 minutes. Yep, exactly. And that's, un- that's unfortunate. All right, before we get started on the show itself, let's uh, jump ahead. Let's talk about the ending of this show because it was it was, it was something it was, it, I, 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 I was trying to find the word the proper words for it but they made decisions yeah you know what i kind of like this call i don't think it's the worst idea to use the nxt title to use the nxt champion in this way have it be a wrestler on the main roster who's kind of like a veteran near the end you know, possibly slightly past his prime, but still can absolutely go and have him help the younger generation literally and have him hold the title, have him be the actual physical gatekeeper. You yep. must defeat this man to climb the mountain. So I kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. And we're exa- essentially what we're talking about, if, you, if you've been living under a rock for the past 12 hours or 16 hours or so, Dolph Ziggler is your new NXT champion. He beat Bo Champa and Braun Breaker with two Ks to get the title. And yeah, I agree with you, man. I honestly agree with you because you've essentially explained and described the plot line to one of my favorite baseball movies and movies in general. That's Bull Durham. Yeah, exactly. 
but <laughs> hopefully it doesn't go exactly like that. But <laughs> but uh, yes, we're Susan Sarandon when you need her. <laughs> that is a classic tale, though, Boris. Uh, I believe an Oscar-winning or at least nominated film, and uh, yeah, man, for good reason. Uh, incredible movie, and yeah, uh, absolutely, buddy. Like this is this is okay. This is not a big deal. I'm kind of intrigued to see where Dolph Ziggler goes. Although he is, as they say, a transitional champion. This man's not holding the title for 300 days, you know? He's holding the title till stand and deliver. Exactly. And, and, and let's be honest, stand and deliver is in the main arena in, in Dallas, right? They're, they're, I know they're going to like not sell every ticket, um, but they're going to the arena in Dallas. This isn't going to be in some convention hall. This isn't going to be in some like, you know, small little parking lot or something. They're going to the arena on Saturday morning, Saturday, early Saturday afternoon, WrestleMania day one. So you need that attraction outside of toxic attraction to get asses and seats. Absolutely. And like the hardcore fans will know that the whatever the ladder match is going to be will be pretty spectacular in a car crash. But you're completely right. And maybe Dolph Ziggler, as an established WWE superstar, Boris, is the man to actually kind of help Braun Breaker sell some tickets. Maybe Dolph Ziggler is a bigger name and more of a draw than Tommaso Ciampa, although I think that could be very easily argued. Yep, it can be. It can be. Um, you know, especially when you think about. NXT fans, right? Um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens. We'll see who he ends up facing. But one question before we get started on the actual show itself. Um, is this what Dolph Ziggler is going to do during WrestleMania weekend? Oh, for sure. He's not going to have a match on Mania, no. But he's going to main event, stand and deliver, in an arena, possibly with Ciampa too, and they'll just run this triple threat back, maybe with a gimmick. But I'm thinking it's 1v1, Dolph Ziggler versus Braun Breaker main event wrestling match. And that's like, that's your pay-per-view main event quality test for Braun Breaker. Can you go 20 minutes, 15, 20 with like one of the established veterans in WWE, one of the guys who's been there for over a decade. Yep, exactly. And, and, and Braun Breaker is showing some, 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 some skills that I didn't think he really had, and we're going to get to that as we talk about the show. So having said that, this is my segue into actually talking about the show itself. But before we do that, Matt, we've got to talk about star ratings. Yes, we are the young guns, Boris, and as such, we are done with star ratings. We try to have a rating system du jour, change it up every week, try to go with like the theme of the program that we just watched and have some fun with it, right? So we all thought that NXT was going to zig and Braun Breaker was going to, uh, you know, win this title and keep on keeping on, but they zagged on us, Boris, and the zigzag himself, Dolph Ziggler, won the NXT title. So I think we got to go zags out of five on this one. Uh, shout out Dolph Ziggler. Shout out Gonzaga, the Bulldogs. Hope you win March Madness. We're going Zags out of five, buddy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, sounds good. Man, the more I'm talking, like the more I'm feeling just uh, congested in the head. <laughs> in the sinus lodged in that region yeah, right, like right here. Like, uh, I'm, <laughs> as I'm pointing, because because everyone can see on a podcast what I'm pointing to, but my eyes and like my nose and my head it's just like oh all right anyways let's get let's get to business all right the show starts off toxic attraction they're in their lounge they're watching the dusty cup with uh you know curious eyes 
And this leads us into the first match, which was a semifinal match of the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu. I did think it was it was pretty funny. Toxic Attraction had like uh, Chippendales dancers, basically shirtless boy whores, as it were, serving them drinks. So that was kind of hilarious. And uh, it would pay off to an even funnier thing down the road in the show. So like sometimes NXT tries some comedy and it's god awful, but sometimes they actually hit a hit a home run or at least a single down the line. This was a this was a single. Yeah, exactly. This was a single in, in the grand scheme of stuff, right? Like it's so cliche so cheesy that it just works sometimes exactly yeah that's pro wrestling i mean sometimes you just you gotta lean into it you can't lean into it too hard all the time or else you get like you know wendy chu but uh she's she's an incredible performer but man i'm just the the girl in in her pajamas is not doing it for me Oh, no, it's uh, exactly. That's the unfortunate part there, right? Um, so let's talk about this match. What did you think of this match? So this match, I guess, psych- like story-wise, you got two, well, I guess three out of four faces. Dakota Kai is kind of like a crazy tweener right now. But, you know, it was just friendly competition. You know, no one went out of their way to cheat out of the four people in this match. Dot, dot, yeah. dot. This was as official a babyface turn as you will ever see in WWE, I think, in this match. Dakota Kai was hardcore pretty heelish until this match when she had a chance to attack Raquel Gonzalez after Raquel had been beaten up with a weapon by other heels. And rather than join in with the heels, which Boris put a little pin in that because we'll talk about it in WWE NXT UK coming up later on the program. But anyway, rather than join with the heels, she was her own person and she did not attack the wounded Raquel Gonzalez. She did not want the win that way. So that was an official baby face turn right there, homie. Dakota Kai is no longer crazy crackhead heel. She's now crazy crackhead baby face. Exactly. And, you know, one thing I did notice, and, and I, I again, I watched the show a little later, um, and I was, uh, but I was still monitoring the Facebook group here and there, but I, you know, I just, uh, I did, it was after the fact, so I couldn't really chime in. And one thing a lot of people were saying was the heel-face dynamic and how that's very blurry in NXT. You know what? I can't agree with that. I feel like last night, you know, heels doing... F- quote-unquote face stuff which we're gonna get to in a little bit with Carmelo Hayes made sense Dakota Kai turning essentially face because she didn't want to win that cheaply made sense right yeah I mean it does make sense and Dakota Kai's character has been so up and down that it's kind of hard to pinpoint but other than the fact that I remember I remember her turning on Tegan Knox was pretty evil actually I'm trying to think of other things that she's done that have been so terrible she turned on Raquel, but that was out of professional jealousy. That's like hardly the worst thing that a wrestler's ever done. Her turn on Tegan Knox actually in War Games was very brutal, though. That was pretty big heel stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. That was crazy. Um, and it feels like such a lifetime ago. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus not even Christ. yeah. Oh yeah, right, so, so this match, th- this match was okay. Like it wasn't offensive. I didn't think it was good. Uh, I thought the interference thing was kind of a cheap way to get Cora and Raquel out of the tournament, but it sets up a future match. And I do love Cora's fire later in the show, so it did pay off. But yeah, this match itself, not that good. That's exactly it, right? I feel like the the, the this kind of sprung out into future programs that we're going to be seeing in future storylines. And that's something that NXT actually does a pretty good job of doing is following up on the seeds that they plant as subtle 
and weird as dumb as they are sometimes they at least follow up more than 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 even the main roster does so what we were referring to earlier Gigi Dolan attacks Gonzalez when the referee was distracted in the outside they pulled their best Tanya Harding impression and try to take out Raquel <laughs> Gonzalez uh, with the match as as Matt alluded to uh, Dakota Kai didn't want to win that way so they keep on wrestling um but uh, yeah, so Gonzalez was about to hit a, a Chincona bomb on Kai, but she let go, selling the leg injury. Kai hit Gonzalez with a Yakuza kick. Chu hit Gonzalez with a, her, her version of the Vader bomb. And Kai hits Gonzalez with a double stomp for the win at 10 minutes, 42 seconds. Couple big upsets for Dakota and Wendy, and Dakota has pinned some big wrestlers with that double stomp off the top rope. So a renewed push for Dakota Kai, some faith in Wendy Chu. They're going to the finals. This kind of shocked me. Also worth noting, it looked like Gigi Dolan used a shillelagh. Little yes. Finley influence there. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. All right. So how would you rate this match, man? Uh, a good effort, nothing terribly wrong with it, but also I, I couldn't call it a good match in any way. So that feels like a classic two zags out of five slight fail, but not a bad effort. I would have at least given this the Mendoza line, to be honest. Now I thought it was kind of below. I thought it was, I thought it was worse than average, but Hey, fair enough, man. Fair enough. You know, we, we, yeah, anyways, we'll, we'll, um, we'll keep on going. We'll keep on tracking. All right. After this, Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo in front of his garage door. Not his garage door, a garage door. But he seems to own this garage door as he cuts most of his <laughs> promos there. Ciampa said that uh, his next match means more for him than the NXT title. He said if he wins, he'll walk into Stan and Miller as the main eventer. Ciampa said Breaker and Ziggler can fight hard to be uh, 2A and 2B, but the gap between 1 and 2 is 2 huge. Champa said, you're looking at number one, me, Tommaso Champa, the main event, the next NXT champion. Typical uh, solid Tommaso Champa promo. These are always a treat. You raise a good point, though. Do we know that he's backstage at the PC? Maybe this is his home. Maybe he just has a really big shed, Boris. <laughs> I love that. All right, Tiffany Stratton heading to the ring. Sarai Saray could be seen creeping around the corner. So stay woke. Sarai creeping. Yep. She's going to find you. Going to catch you sleeping, Boris. <sighs> yep, this was a thing. All right, cameras then cut to the Creed brothers rolling around, the uh, rolling around injured in the parking lot. Someone attacks them. OMG. So I, I did think this was a strong NXT, but kind of lazy in that we saw a random shillelagh attack. Here we saw the aftermath of a random crowbar attack. There were crowbars on the ground. And uh, later we would see a slapjack used, Boris. And I'm not talking about, like, you know, uh, Shane Thorne. I mean, the actual weapon, slapjack, like Stevie Ray used to use. Yeah, man. The parking lot in any wrestling event is the most dangerous place. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I I would take Uber and get the hell in and out as fast as possible. All right, we cut to Cora Jade and the trainers check in on Raquel Gonzalez. One thing I really liked about this is Cora Jade, you know, knowing what happens later on in the show, looking back at the segment you knew that she was angry. You knew that she was kind of plotting. 
Yes. And Cora Jade is charismatic. She does well with the, the dumb lines she's given, right? We say this all the time. She's more charismatic than she is a great uh, actor at this point in her career. But when you have a simple wrestling storyline like this person hurt your friend, you are mad at them. All she has to do is rely on her charisma and her personality and her gifts, which are her unspoken wordless communication. You know what I mean? So, man, this was actually pretty good. And it got even better later in the show. Exactly. All right. Second match of the night, Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. This was a thing. Only went two minutes, 50 seconds. Yes, uh, yeah, it was indeed a thing. Uh, kind of surprising as Fallon Henley pins Tiffany Stratton due to Sarai interference, Boris. Uh, yeah, well, actually, well, I'll say more about Fallon Henley later, but she's a scrappy little baby face. I like her. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure about having her with Briggs and Jensen, but whatever. It's a story. It gives people some stuff to do. So after the match, uh, Briggs and Jensen hold up Henley on their shoulders as if she just won a championship. But she did, in fact, win her first match here. Um, and like you said, Sarai kind of attacks Tiffany Stratton. So that's a thing that seems to be happening. Yeah, they're slightly different, but I do kind of think it's funny that Tiffany Stratton and Zaya Brookside are doing the same gimmick, and now they have the same losing streak going on, too. And now they have the same, like, I'm going to call up Daddy and get revenge for my losses, which are other people's fault thing. They, they're just in the exact same spot, almost. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. And I, like, when I saw, I guess, depending on what show you watch first, it's just like, oh, man, it's the exact same thing. All right, so the show cuts to Andre Chase teaching a lecture. He blamed his loss on being distracted by his students sucking at a proper entrance routine. Chase said the only good student is Bodie Hayward. Hayward had a serious case of pink eye or an ass kicking <laughs> or something. Chase continues to curse everyone out. Okay, this had no business being as amazing as it was. Yeah, and a big part of it, too, is that the crowd loves it, and it makes you want to think, like, okay, there's something to this guy. There must be, because the crowd is losing their minds, and it's not piped in cheers. You can tell the difference, and this is case number one in telling the difference. Go watch this promo back. The crowd is laughing along and loving it, so I don't know if it's going to work on the mainstream, as they say, but right now for the NXT uh, audience, especially the live crowd, they love Andre Chase, and it's really working, man. This was hilarious. Obvious makeup job for Bodie Hayward, like you said. Uh, also, just to go back slightly, previous match, another two zags out of five, Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. To me, it was the same kind of things, much shorter, but just, yeah, sloppy uh, NXT women's match. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, going back to the Andre Chase thing, like, just the swearing. Just everything, the deliveries, everything about this is so effing good. But like you said, this is a NXT thing. This will never make it on the main roster, I think. Yeah, it's Keegan-Michael Key's coach from Mad TV. Those old skits. I forget what the coach was. It's not Coach Carter. That was uh, Samuel L. Jackson in an actual movie. But... Uh... No, I just forget, man. But uh, yeah, but yeah, it's that it's that character. It's Keegan Michael Key esque. That's why people like it. It's like a tale as old as time. It's Bobby Knight, you know. Yeah, exactly. All right, cut to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Um, 
bragging about Melo's recent win. Melo said he makes the rules because he's the A champ. Melo reiterated that in honor of the first North American Championship match, he's going to be defending the title at Stand and Deliver in a ladder match. Trick recommended that four more wrestlers be in the match and that they'll all have to qualify. Trick then got scared because he was afraid of heights. Melo said he's going to have the performance of a lifetime and prove he's the greatest North American champion NXT has ever seen. Melo did his Melo don't miss catchphrase. So, Boris, how do you feel about the heel, the bad guy, wanting to be in a ladder match? He's calling his shot. He is so confident in his abilities as the A-champ that he can defend his title no matter what. See, there's... There's there there's there's shitbag heels who run away from a fight, and then there are heels like this, and in history there have been heels like this who will put up their title against anyone because they're so cocky and so confident in their ability that they can beat anyone, anywhere, any place, and they want to put their place in history. Exactly, but the heel heat comes from the fact that he has a bodyguard and he's a shit talker and he'll take any shortcut, he'll cheat his ass off to actually win and then he'll lie and say that he did it on his own, right? And that's where the heel heat comes. So exactly, man, there's not only one blueprint, right? Like, it's not as easy as saying, oh, this guy is heel, therefore he must do A, B, and C, and if he does not do those things, this is bad. And I feel like sometimes as wrestling fans, we can fall into a trap of saying, like, well, that's not how you do this, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we do know a lot, and we are passionate, but sometimes, Boris, you just gotta kind of take a step back and just enjoy the show you're watching and not try to super overanalyze it as we... Uh, are doing a podcast talking about three different NXT shows. <laughs> we obviously are guilty of overanalyzing, but we try to talk about these things in a fun way. Anyway, I thought it was a really strong promo. I think it makes total sense for Melo to do this. He's not The Miz. He's Shawn Michaels. You know, that's the difference. That is a difference right there. All right, so some from, from two very strong promos to Lash Legend, welcoming Nikita Lyons as her guest. <laughs> Legend took a shot at Nikita saying that her mom's a uh, groupie that may have gotten around. Lion said her mom is a free spirit and she taught her not to be judgmental of other people. Lions got in Nikita's face and claimed that Nikita has butt implants. Um, Nikita said she's all natural. The segment ended with both women arguing with each other. Yeah, so like I said before, I would, because you're probably expecting like a 50-50 match here between two strong uh, athletes, I would have Nikita squash Lash, Lash Legend. And that doesn't mean like don't push Lash ever again. And that doesn't mean like Nikita's going to the main event right away and Lash is never gonna, like she's going to get fired. That just means in this first contest, I would tell the story that Nikita is a skilled combat artist and Lash is just an athlete. And they got into a fight and Nikita whipped her ass. But Lash being an athlete, she's going to be the one who trains, gets good at this, and then she's the one who eventually ends Nikita Lyons' winning streak. That's how I would push this entire feud and have it take, like, six months to a year. And if they both get really good, that could be incredible. Now, for Lash Legends, that's looking like a long shot. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, but I think they're both pretty good characters. We have a clear heel-face divide yet again. Lash Legend, obviously heel. Nikita Lyons, officially Manic Pixie baby face, Boris. She is now the Manic Pixie dream girl of wrestling. She is everything to every man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, the attention that she's getting outside of the NXT circles is crazy, dude. She's like, she's got a lot of uh, potential, man. Like, sky is the limit. If she continues on this trajectory, and we're going to see, there, there will be bumps in the road. But, you know, she she could be, she could be the female Braun Breaker. Yeah. Blonde oh, yeah. Breaker. <laughs> oh, God. All right. The hardest working reporter in all professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Marcel Bartel and Fabian Aigner and wondered if they attacked the Creed brothers. Bartel said blind attacks are beneath them. Bartel said it's the Creed's fault for getting attacked earlier. Wesley and Nash Carter showed up. They challenged Imperium if the Creed's aren't able to wrestle. Okay, so they're kind of doing a who done it with this attack. I kind of like that. Who who uh, who do you think um, <clears throat> done it? Rikishi, <laughs> always Rikishi. <laughs> but why would the, the Rock? rock need he did it for the Rock. Why would the Rock need him to attack fucking <laughs> Diamond Mine though? Here's what <laughs> I think it's happening, Boris. I think it's a false flag attack. I think they perpetrated it themselves to get out of this title match to just kind of have it on their own terms. Who knows? I think it's going to be a Vince Russo style dumb swerve. But that's my guess. It's a uh, it's a fake attack. It was uh, perpetrated by Malcolm Bivens and such to turn them back heel. Yeah, that would that would be ideal. Unfortunately, I have a feeling that somehow it's going to end up being MSK's and 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 because mm. they're, they're like teetering, right? They're, they've been teetering on a heel turn for a while. Well, I thought though that they were kind of moving away from it after so they too. brought them back with Matt Riddle. But you were right going into that Matt Riddle stuff. One hundred percent, you're right. So hmm, who knows? Yep. All right. Uh, L.A. Knight makes his entrance, and then we cut to the back. Briggs and Jensen were chatting with Fallon Henley about who might have attacked the Creeds. Briggs saw Legado del Fantasma and noted that Legado usually attacks people in the parking lot because, uh, you know, again, the parking lot, the safest place for all the professional wrestlers. Uh, Joaquin Wilde said that if they attacked the Creeds, then you would know about it. Escobar noted that the Creeds eliminated Briggs and Jensen, and they might have wanted to attack the Breeds as payback. Elector Lopez uh, said Jensen is just sour because he cannot get laid. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was uh, still beating that horse. And then <laughs> speaking uh, of beating, <laughs> hey, woo, hey, woo. Anyway, uh, yeah. So this this is still going on. You're gonna beat your opponent. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, for sure. That's exactly what you meant. I uh, apologize. I am sorry. I flew off the handle there. Uh, anyway, Boris, yeah, no, this was, they're getting slightly better, but they would have to because they were like bottom of the barrel stuff. So whatever, it's 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 fine. This is their character. It is what it is. I do think we're leading to Fallon Henley and Brooks Jensen hooking up. I think that's kind of going to be the, 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 the way this plays out. You think it's going to be Jensen? I think it's going to be Briggs. Oh, interesting. That's fun. Well, that would kind of break up the team, though, I feel like. Maybe I, I, not. Who knows? Who knows? All right. La Knight, Grayson Waller, last man standing match. Okay, so we always talk about Cameron Grimes needing to just get that shot on the main roster. We've talked about L.A. Knight. Honestly, L.A. Knight is beyond ready at this point. Oh, yeah. He was ready before he got to NXT, though. Like He's been ready yeah. for years. Yeah, well, LA Knight, maybe it was just a change in environment. Maybe it was the WWE style. Maybe it was even the change in name. But he just never really looked great. But the past few weeks, his promos have been fantastic. His matches have been good. And last night, again, just a really good match with a really green guy in Waller. 
Yeah, and the crowd is really responding to him as a babyface. Yeah, this is one of his better matches in NXT, if not his best. Although I do think he had a couple better ones with Cameron Grimes and the Ted DiBiase stuff. But uh, yeah, this was a very strong match. I was I was really, really liking it. I was flirting, flirting with that four-star, four zags out of five range. But I do think the stuff with Sanga really slowed it down, really hurt it in the middle of this match, near the middle end. But uh other than the Sanga stuff, I actually quite enjoy this match a lot, like through and through, other than that one pretty big blip. Yes. Uh, Knight and Waller were brawling at the top of the crow's nest. Knight punches Waller off the crow's nest. He sends him to the floor. Knight celebrating with the fans, and Sanga shows up, carries Waller, um, you know, a la the bodyguard, a la Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, he carries him to the ringside. Knight then hits Sanga with a chair, which Sanga no-sold. Sanga gave Waller a choke slam on the apron. Um, Mackenzie Mitchell cuts in, saying that MSK is now officially going to be facing Imperium. Going back to the match, Waller begged for mercy when Knight was going for a chair shot. Sorry. Sanga tries to hank. Okay, this is where things get a little crazy. But you know what? And this is my issue with last man standing matches. It's as if, in WWE, they're so afraid of just legitimately, not legitimately beating someone up, but you're going to know what I mean. Legitimately yeah. beating someone up to the point where they cannot get up at a 10 count, that they try to create these creative ways of ending these last man standing matches. And it's just yeah, overbooked like nonsense sometimes. Rather than going for, like, violence, like yeah. pure violence, to use a word that AEW has been throwing around a lot lately, they try to go for, like, spectacle, right? Yeah. That's exactly it. Couldn't put it better. Couldn't put it better myself. So Tranga tries to handcuff Knight to the bottom rope, but Knight turned the tables, cuffed Sanga to the ring post. Knight hit Waller with a neck breaker and a power slam. Waller used a thumb to the eye to block a BFT attempt. Uh, Knight blocked Waller's finisher, then tosses Waller to a table from the ring out to ring the the, the outside. Waller beat the ten count. Knight went back, punching Waller at ringside. So this is when Waller is, starts begging for mercy that Knight was going to go for a chair shot, puts the can over his head, starts hitting him with it. Uh, he starts then hitting Sanga several times. Knight cleared the announce table, was about to suplex Waller, but Waller knocked out Knight with a slapjack. Uh, Waller elbow dropped Knight through the table. Waller climbs onto Sanga's back to beat the 10 count, but Knight couldn't beat the count. Yeah, spectacular spot there where uh, it looks like Grayson Waller is about to get suplexed through the announce table. He pulls out the slapjack, like you said, Boris, knocks out L.A. Knight, goes to the top rope, and a la Shane McMahon jumps off the top rope through the announce table. He throws in the double through the legs, the double Kobe, the double VC, as it were, half man, half amazing Grayson Waller. Uh, half Australian survivor. But yeah, this was a really strong match, man. I actually really, really liked it. I even thought the finish was pretty clever where he couldn't get to his feet on his own. He had to climb onto Sanga's back and Sanga stood up, uh, pulling Grayson Waller up to his tippy toes and the ref counted it. Yep. This match went 16 minutes. Um, and he, this is the thing. While overbooked, little nonsical, I kind of did like this ending because it was Sanga who who, you know, th this is the reason why he's there, is to help Waller win. Yeah. And he just yeah. literally helped him win in this match as he was handcuffed, question mark, to the ring post. Yeah, the handcuff spot, like, slowed it down. And 
uh, great or LA night weekly pulling Sanga like and his head grazing the post. I don't buy that that would have knocked him out for five minutes and had him selling like he did. Like the the handcuff thing was the the fatal flaw of this otherwise pretty great match. So we're gonna go three. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. Especially right after he completely no sells a chair shot. Yeah, exactly right. But that you know that him grazing the post ever so slightly puts him out. Man, I've seen Nigel McGinnis headbutt that thing like Zinedine Zidane. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I'm not advocating that. Don't ever do that, by the way. But yeah, Boris, very good match. Uh, probably match of the show, even above the triple threat, in my opinion. Uh, we're gonna go three and three quarters eggs out of five. Really good yeah. stuff. Really good match. Really good match. Waller continues to probably get the most like legit heat in NXT. Yes. Uh, one thing I'm slightly disliking is he's kind of doing the cool heel, kind of becoming more Kevin Nash and less like actual dickhead heel. More Kevin Nash, less Terry Funk. You know what I mean? But uh, that's going to happen. He's a young kid, obviously. He's, he's going to want to stunt out and be cool and try to, you know, uh, get them likes for real and stuff. So yeah, he, it was about to happen, but yeah, he's, he's no longer just pure heel. He's kind of doing the cool bad guy thing a lot lately. Yeah. And you know, we were praising Waller because it seemed like he just didn't give a shit that he was going to be the heel, heel, the heels heel. Um, but you know, the past few weeks, he's kind of been trying to act a little cool, which again, hopefully, hopefully like you said, because he's young, he wants that attention, but, you know, he needs to go back to just getting, like, legit, absolute heel heat. And who knows how much control over that he has himself, exactly. you know what I mean, as a performer. But in my opinion, that's where that performer should be headed, is more to the actual dislikable and less to the cool side, just because it's so generic. And he kind of did have something special there the first couple of weeks. Yep. All right. Braun Breaker talks backstage. He's sitting down, kind of staring at his NXT championship, reflecting on his time as champion. He said he busts his ass because he loves the business. He said he understands the hard work the champions before him, uh, which he, the, the champions before him put, which inspires him to keep the title. Bricker said he's going to break through the roadblock put in front of him tonight. Outside of that last line where he breaks through the roadblock put in front of him, Love WWE and their marketing. Dude, I really, really like this promo. It was very good. It was pretty uh, solid. The best promo in his short career, obviously. I don't even know what you would point to other than this. But yeah, no, uh, good job on the stick, as they say, by Braun. Yep. A-O, A-O, Gabagruel, Tony D'Angelo hanging out at his cousin's Mikey's restaurant. He was eating Big ZD. <laughs> which looked pretty good. D'Angelo talked about how his cousin hustled his way to a successful business, and he said he's going to hustle his way to the top of NXT. Matt, if Breaker or Champa were to win the championship or retain the championship, depending on who won, I would have said Tony D'Angelo is going to get the next shot at stand and liver, but it's looking more and more like he's going to likely be in the ladder match. So what? No fucking ZD now? <laughs> Bars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah but yeah no, one so of it the looks best like... lines in that show period <laughs> it's so good it's in the pilot episode too i think yep. but man i love that show. i gotta go back and watch the sopranos god damn it i love that show so much uh anyway <laughs> yeah this was uh 
This was good. It seems like cousin Mikey's coming in. He's going to be Tony D'Angelo's backup. That's where it seems like this promo is, is going. And I agree. Yeah, uh, Tony D'Angelo will end up in the ladder match, I think, and not against Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. You see, if this was classic WWE, I don't know why in my head when he said when he was talking about cousin Mikey, all I could picture was Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, my God, yeah. Mikey Whipwreck isn't moving around too well these days. I think he's having some health issues lately, but uh, that would be awesome to see old-school Mikey Whipwreck. That's a WWE 2K thing right there. Yep, and I honestly feel like he would fit into this character. Oh, guaranteed, yeah. He's kind of perfect. He had that, like, New York kind of thing, although Tony D is Chicago. It's still kind of similar, you know? Yeah. All right, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro made their entrance. Vic Joseph hypes up WWE celebrating National Women's Month. Idris Sanofi, right? You see, the reason why I say that is as they're hyping up National Women's Month, Idris Sanofi, Malik Blade attacks Mandy Rose's mill um, uh, servers. <laughs> yeah, shall we say? Slave boys. Uh, <laughs> so man wenches. Man wenches. Menches, yes. <laughs> so they can take their place as Rose's manservants. Blade handed Rose some grapes. Honestly, Malik Blade and Idris Sanofi throughout this entire bit, their faces just made it. And what was so funny is you'd expect WWE, typical WWE, Vince McMahon humor to me would be like Mandy Rose notices and goes, what? they have a big to do. But Mandy Rose never noticed or gave a shit because she doesn't care what the help is doing. She's watching the match. The help is the help. It That's what, been, that was so perfect. Dude, it would have been funny if she literally saw the other guys like drenched on the floor and just said, <laughs> meh, I'm still getting my, you know, my stuff. Actually, that would have been funny, too. But I definitely like that she didn't react or notice or care at all. I thought that was way funnier than having her notice and give a shit about this. So I, I, I actually, this popped me. It was kind of a funny little thing. Yep. Io Shirai, Kaylee Ray versus Kaden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Semi-final match of the Women's Dusty Tag Team Classic. All right. Before we talk about who won this match, did you 100% predict this match? Uh, no, I could see this one going either way for mm -hmm. sure. This was the most like iffy of the, this was the real final of yes, the Dusty 100%. Cup. I think, and I think it kind of lived up to that. This was a shockingly good match, man. It was, it was really, really good. I was surprised about how good Casey and Caden looked. They kept up with EO and Kaylee. They have a lot of confidence in the ring. They don't seem green. I'm sure they are still green. Like uh, they're not like. They're not the Young Bucks in there yet, but you know what I mean? But they don't seem, like, lost or scared at all at any point. They held their own with two of the best female wrestlers alive. So, hats off. This was a really good match. This was a fun match. The crowd loved it. The crowd just absolutely ate every spot up, too. Yeah, big time. But, yeah, no, to answer, sorry, to answer your original question, this was up in the air. I actually had no idea who would win. Yeah, no, it was really good. I really enjoyed that that aspect of this match. Because um, you can make arguments for, for either team winning. And at times, it really looked like EO and Kaylee Ray were going to win. At times, it looked like Carter and Kanzaro were going to win. So this match was just really well done. The crowd was really hot for it. You had some really, really good spots. Um, there were some crazy spots, especially that, I guess, what, that, 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 uh, how would you describe that? I'm talking about, like, the that hurricanrana poison oh rana my god off the yeah. shoulders it was a doomsday poison rana so caden carter has kaylee ray up on her shoulders 
And then uh, Casey Catanzaro jumps up on Kaylee's shoulders, a, a triple doomsday. And from that position, Casey does a reverse Hurricane Rana doomsday style off of Caden's shoulders onto Kaylee Ray. Absolutely insane. So dangerous, man. Literally could die from a move like that. Like, absolutely. Easily could. And Kaylee Ray sold that so well that because of her hair, you didn't see exactly how she landed. So I was a yes. little nervous for a split second, but holy crap, was that just an amazing spot. That's like, yeah, A-plus difficulty and A-plus execution on that spot. It literally looked like Kaylee died. And when you see the slow motion replay, her head didn't touch really at all. Or if it did, it was like in, in the safest possible way to do that move where she rolls forward. And like, yeah, it was very dangerous. You could argue a terrible idea, but boy, did they pull it off. It was spectacular. Yeah, it was great. It was great. And the crowd was just going berserk for this. Carter gives Ray a super kick. Shirai crotched Casey on the top rope. Casey blocked a double suplex. Carter shoved Shirai to ringside. Carter and Kenzaro hit Ray with a doomsday poison Rana, as we talked about. Uh, Shirai hit broke up the pin. Uh, Ray hit Kenzaro with a gory bomb. Shirai hit Kenzaro with a moonsault. They end up getting the win. In seven minutes, 59 seconds to advance to the finals of the women's Dusty Rhodes Classic. Yeah, they like have this match a thousand times. This might be the best version of it. Like 999 versions of this match probably look worse than the one they had here. This was an awesome wrestling match. We're going to go three and a half zags out of five. And Boris, that might be too low. This might have been match of the night above Grayson Waller and LA Knight. Although just off the top of my head, I think it was LA Knight and Grayson were better. This was under eight minutes, but still spectacular all action match. It just goes to show you, we've we've talked about this. Not every match needs to be 15 minutes. Not every great match needs to be 35, 40 minutes. You can do an amazing job in eight minutes. 100% agree with you, buddy. And the real final of the Women's Dusty Cup, it lived up to the to my personal hype level for it. I yep. thought they delivered more like than I, delivered. Like I put in my notes, this was the equivalent of the 1992, 1993 um nfc championship because you knew buffalo bills were going to lose because bills forever suck <laughs> harsh but good pull i love where your head's at buddy. <laughs> all right so mandy rose kind of giving a little bit of respect to the winners and that's when cora jade attacks mandy rose on her sex couch blade and enofi pulls both <laughs> women pull both women apart on the casting couch, yeah, Cora Jade flying in out of nowhere and beating the shit out of Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose firing back up, and then Edris uh, kind of holding back uh, Cora Jade, like, "Yo, yo, bro, like, what you doing, man? I had a good thing going here." Yeah, I thought that was that was really funny. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, Cora Jade showing some fire was pretty good. And credit to Sean Burkhead for uh, for this line. I'm gonna steal for him the coronation. Boris, the Cora Jade coronation. It's coming. It's stand and deliver. She might be winning this title. Yeah, it's really looking like it, isn't it? And I think maybe the the Raquel Gonzalez thing could be an injury angle to explain why she is not in the match and they put the belt on Cora. And then she magically heals and shows up on Raw or SmackDown and her career's over. Anyways, moving on. God. I'm joking. Am I though? Indy Harwell was watching highlights from Kai and Chu match earlier, or actually from their match from last week. I don't know why put Kai and Jim. Anyways, it was, they were watching videotape from last week. Persia Perota shows up to brag about Duke Hudson taking her on a hot date. 
Prota talks about how she carried their team when Hartwell was swooning over Dexter Loomis. Hudson tried to get in between the fighting. Hartwell then challenged Prota to a match. Hartwell left. Hudson said Prota needs a does asks Prota if she needs a training partner. Prota said, "Why wait?" And they get it on. Yes, and then yeah, uh, she eats. They eat each other's face. Actually, is how that went. But yeah, so really seems like the turn might be coming next week. Indy versus Persia, one on one, NXT 2.0. And yeah, uh, it was Wendy and uh, Dakota that they lost to in round one. So you were right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Anyways, um, where am I? All right, MSK and Imperium making their way because it's time for their match. But before that. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Tiffany Stratton about her loss from earlier in the night. Stratton said that the attack by Sarai was uncalled for. Stratton said she only tried to give Sarai advice the week before due to Sarai's medallion being, quote-unquote, tacky. Stratton said she isn't just going to break Sarai's necklace, but she'll also break Sarai's face. To quote the great 50 Cent is I'll break your face. So, yeah. so, yes, Tiffany Stratton doing that 50 thing. Uh, get rich or die trying, Tiffany. Yep. All right. And what's going to lead us into a triple threat at Stand and Deliver? Imperium, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Aikner versus MSK, Wesley, and Nash Carter for the NXT Tag Team Championship. This match was only given five minutes and 33 wow. seconds. And to, honestly... No one's real surprise. It went to a no contest. Yeah, classic no contest DQ shenanigans situation. When the Creed brothers run in and lay waste, Boris, did you see Brutus almost kill Fabian Aikner with a German suplex? Yes, yes. He beat him with his own move. Oh, he almost murdered him dead in cold blood with his own movie. You, I, I watched it back, and Fabian does get his hands up and roll out of the way, which is just a testament to how absolutely incredible and athletic that guy is. But yeah, Brutus Creed almost dropped this man on the crown of his head with a terrible German suplex. Yep, and the Creeds are kind of the, like the, the, the team standing after all of this. Um, yeah, Creeds, there we go. Beating people yeah. up since 2021. Yes, yeah. So we've seen Imperium Bros and MSK Bros have good matches. We'll see if the Creed Bros can mix in with them and have a good triple threat match. The Creed Brothers have been okay recently. But yeah, this was this was quite disappointing to me because both of these tag teams, Imperium and MSK, I mean now, are sick. And we didn't get really much of a match. They barely got out of first gear. They did a couple things, and then this happened. So typical WWE nonsense, two and a half zags out of five right on that Mendoza line. Still good, but it was just classic WWE. Gacy and Harlan show up to confront Draco Anthony. Joe Gacy told Draco to allow them into his life. Zion Quinn shows up and said that Gacy is trying to get into Draco's head. Gacy said he'll give Draco time to think about this and how he'll be waiting as they leave. It's kind of fun. Devil on your shoulder, angel on your shoulder bit yep. with uh, Draco Anthony. I, 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 this wasn't so bad. No, it wasn't. Um, Ziggler cuts a promo from the gorilla position saying he's going to ruin everyone else's WrestleMania weekend plans. He said to hit his music, which, uh, yeah, there we go. He makes his entrance. <laughs> All right. Back from commercial. And Matt, Matthew, Mateo, it's happening. A-Kid. 
NXT UK oh wrestler. God. He's coming stateside. A-Kid said he's going to make his NXT US debut next week. <sighs> I needed a I'm cigarette both, after this. <laughs> I'm both so excited and scared because this means to some degree they're watching UK. They know what's going on. But yeah, A-Kid is one of the absolute best wrestlers alive. I will say that to anybody. He's an incredible technician, and he's also an incredible high flyer. I'm not saying he's like Zack Sabre Jr. meets Ricochet, but... Like he's he that that's what he's trying to be. You know what I mean? He's not quite as good as Zach Saber Jr. He's not quite as good as Ricochet. But the fact that he's in the conversation for both of those things, he's an incredible technic technician and an incredible high flyer. This guy is something truly special. Plus, he can sell, he can bump, all of his matches are structured well. You gotta think he's part of that. Like this kid is truly, truly something special in the ring. I mean it with all my heart. He is fantastic. I can't wait to see him get a shot. He's and I don't mean to like say this like and knock him, but I think the person I'm going to compare him to the most is a Will Osprey. Yeah, man, and that's what kind of Will Osprey wants to be is that jack of all trades, like A plus at everything, and that's kind of what a kid is trying to be as well. He doesn't have A plus size. A kid looks like he's five six, five seven, one seventy maybe, but uh, he's got everything else. Yeah, a kid's gonna need to eat some uh, Serrano ham before he shows up and bulk up. <laughs> some uh, some of that uh, cousin Mikey baked ziti. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that line for The Sopranos again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm telling you, man, I gotta go back and watch that show. Yep. All right, so Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett checked in from ringside and advertised the following matches for next week. You got Cam and Grimes versus Santos Escobar to qualify for the North American Championship ladder match. This pisses me off because you know Santos is going to fucking lose. Yeah, nah, owned, <laughs> taken one. Oh, my God. All right, it's time for the main event. Braun Breaker, your NXT champion versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, so there were a couple. Uh, it wasn't as good as some of the previous matches in this feud. Actually, it was probably the worst match I've seen Agreed. these combination of guys have. There were a couple moments where it broke down, but at the same time, a spectacular last couple of minutes, really shocking and fun ending that got a genuinely humongous reaction from the crowd. Yep, so Breaker... Just about breaks Ziggler with a spear. Holy shit, oh this is, his God. spears are just insane. He is hitting people hard. And it's one thing, Dolph Ziggler seems to like love getting bumped and thrown around there. He seems to love the physicality of wrestling. But I bet you someone's going to get hit with that spear and not like it as much as Dolph Ziggler. Yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. Someone's going to take uh, exception to it because he just completely lays you out. Um, all right, so Breaker uh, gives Ziggler a spear. Breaker hits Ziggler with his military press slam. Uh, Bobby Roode runs out to pull the referee to ringside. Breaker gave Roode a super kick. Champa hits Breaker with a Willow's Bell and a fairy tale ending. Ziggler tried to steal the pin, but Breaker kicks out. Champa went for the DIY knee on Breaker, but Roode pulled Breaker to ringside. Ziggler came out of nowhere with a super kick on Champa. To get the win. So, Matt, you called it. Breaker loses the title without actually losing the match. Dolph Ziggler, your new NXT champion at 12 minutes, 24 seconds. 
12 minutes, 24 seconds. And yeah, I was actually thinking, man, this match kind of sucks. Like they're, they're having an off night is what I was thinking until that finishing stretch, which was really hot. I think saved the match. So we're going to go three zags out of five for this one. Probably the worst match in the feud, but in an incredible last moment there. And Dolph Ziggler, man, you're new NXT men's heavyweight champion. Yep. Dolph Ziggler, NXT champion. If you had told me this time last year that Dolph Ziggler would be your NXT champion, I would have laughed at you. Would have laughed. But you know what? I also would have said that kind of makes sense. I can kind of see it. But it would have been would have been like, wow, really? Not Gargano? Not uh not even Alistair Black, you know? No, certainly not. Not even the Velveteen Dream, Boris. Not even Karrion Cross. Not even no. Keith Lee. Not even <laughs> not Adam O'Reilly. Cole. Not, not Kyle O'Reilly. <laughs> not Roderick Strong. Not, okay, Roderick Strong is still there. But you see what we're saying. Damn. Wild. Not even the A-Kid. Although the A-Kid's got a chance now, buddy. Oh, I'm so excited for that. All right, yeah, so yeah. Same. Ed Bell to Bell, this this show was pretty good. Yeah, I have no time for Tiffany Stratton, really. I think she's a worse version of Zia Brookside, who herself kind of is annoying, and I don't have much time for. Uh, yeah, man, other than that, it was a pretty solid show. Awesome job by Grayson Waller and uh, L.A. Knight. I liked the women's Dusty Cup matches for what they were, the second being far superior to the first. And, uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> NXT's kind of, uh, kind of rolling. Yep. All right, let's level up before we head to the UK. Three matches, nothing to write home about. Let's talk about them real fast. Dante Chan versus Javier Bernal. Yes, Javier Bernal looks like a handsome Latin Bam Margera. Boris. <laughs> Google Harvey Javier Bernal real quick. I'm telling you. It looks kind of like Bam Margera. Dante yep. Chan wins. Uh typical wrestling match, as typical as you can get. We're gonna go two and a half levels. Out of five for this one. Yep, I would uh, I would agree with you on that. All right, the second match was Tiffany Stratton, your favorite, versus Erica Yan. Hey, uh, uh, two performers who are brand new, greener than grass. Nothing wrong with this match, but nothing particularly right with it. Although I do love Tiffany's finisher, the 360 Vader bomb. It's a nice move. Still, I would go uh, two levels out of five. Slight fail on this. Yep. And then they've been demoted to this. Legado de los Fantasmas, Rolo Mendoza, and Joaquin Wilder versus Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. I actually really like this match. Yeah, this was pretty good. Actually, I may have underrated it at three levels out of five. But yeah, Legado wins clean with their Russian leg leg sweep front kick uh, combination. Yep. That's that's level up. Half an hour, three matches, all short. Yeah, so from this point forward, I officially quit. Boris, I'm out on level up unless we hear something particularly bad or particularly good happened. So some would say you're leveling down? I am leveling down. I am out. I quit the game. All right, let us jump to the UK and chat some NXT UK. All right, NXT UK. Man, oh man, we're both getting so stuffy. You can tell as the show goes on. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh man, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, loyal listeners, no, we'll uh, we'll figure it out once we get through this uh, springtime season, Boris. But on the plus side, uh, you know what was springing ahead is Nathan Fraser's career is springing yeah. forward. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, man, this main event, just so freaking good. Just amazing. We'll get there in a, in a little bit because this show kind of went fast. I like the pacing on this show. Yeah, big time. So, yeah, let's not waste much time ourselves. We started with a mean guy match, Boris. Two big hosses, Mark Coffey versus Shaw Samuels. What do you think of this one? The UK Madcap Moss. <laughs> the Mark Coffey line or the Shaw Samuels line? Shaw Samuels. Yeah, I like Shaw Samuels. He's coming along, but he does. He Well, he's got the suspenders and everything, man. He is the UK Madcap. Yeah, 100%. I've said this so many times, and it's like, it's so funny. Um, Yeah, like you said, two big guys going at it. Mark Coffey ends up winning because um, he connects with a sliding European uppercut, gets the win over Shaw Samuels. Yes, yeah, seven minutes and 40 seconds. Mark Coffey calls that move the crowning glory, Boris, the sliding European uppercut. Uh we're gonna go. I love I'm a sucker for a big hoss battle, a mean guy match. That's what I love about wrestling. So we're gonna go three supernovas out of five for this one. But you know, maybe it was pretty typical WWE. But you know what? I still I'm I'm for it. I like Shaw Samuels. I like Mark Coffee. So three out of five. Yep. All right. Charlie Dempsey promised a kid that he wasn't like the other members of De Familia and that he hadn't been acting himself lately. Tioman and Rohan Raja then attacked a kid from behind. Dempsey was a little hesitant, but then peer pressure got to him and he joins in on the attack of future NXT USA star A Kid. Yeah, so he actually stopped them at first. He was like, What are you guys doing? And they looked at him like, Man, what are you doing? We'll kick your ass. And then he was like, All right, well, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was that was pretty funny. There uh there is some tension here. It would be cool to see this to have been able to see this story develop, but it looks like A Kid might just be going stateside really fast. But yeah, next week, Boris, a kid versus Charlie Dempsey in the ring. Let's go. Yeah, dude, that match is going to be insane. And then we I'm go so to the segment of the week in all of professional wrestling. Isla Dawn vows <laughs> to win the NXT UK Women's Championship. Boris, a huge fan of Isla Dawn. Uh, she is she is the spookiest character in WWE probably at this point. She is the new Bray Wyatt, the new Undertaker. Uh, we'll see if she'll hit those successes. I'm not sure if she's going to hit the same heights, but <laughs> maybe she'll go 22 and 0 at WrestleMania. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <sighs> Mustache Mountain met up with Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. Trent Sevens said that he did not cheat, but was instead better than Smith and Carter and did anything he needed to ensure that they would retain their NXT UK Tag Team Championships. Smith and Carter demanded a rematch. Tyler Bate agrees to this. Yeah, and it kind of seemed like they were hinting at maybe going two out of three falls. Yes. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly how that's going to play out, but they basically said, like, if we beat you, you're just going to ask for a rematch. So we don't want to do it twice. We want to get it all done now. And, and they just kind of kept referencing, like, two, like, twice, two, two. And, and so I think it's going to be two out of three falls. Yeah. But it would be interesting if this, this scenario happens. If Mustache Mountain gets the first pin, now they're up 2-0, and then the other guys, uh, what's their names? Uh, Smith and Carter, uh, yes. get the two to win the match. Then they're tied at two and two. So we're going to have a rubber match out of this anyways, I think. I like that, though. That's pretty cool. I like where your head's at on that one. That'd be fun storytelling, in my opinion. 
Yep. All right. Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff versus Pretty Deadly. Uh, yeah, weird match. It was a little, little basic, pretty standard fare for the first like eight and a half, nine minutes of, of a 10 and a half minute match. I really liked the last couple minutes in this thing. The last, the finishing stretch was strong and did a big, big win for Dave Mastiff and Jack stars, specifically Jack stars. Yeah. I was actually surprised because I don't know for me, pretty deadly is still like high ranked in the tag team division, but I guess they really want to give stars and Mastiff a chance. Yeah, I guess so. And hey, man, if you think you have something there, you can't just push pretty deadly all the time. They've been on top of it. Basically, the entire pandemic, they were on top of the tag team division. So, yep, man. Can you imagine pretty deadly versus Imperium, pretty deadly versus MSK? The Creed brothers killing pretty man, deadly. Screw that. Pretty deadly versus RK bro. You might oh. as well put them all the way up. Oh, that would be beautiful. That would honestly be beautiful. And it's just seeing Randy Orton in that sort of situation would be so funny. <laughs> it would be pretty great. Actually, you know what? And I'm not saying I want it to go the same, but it would be pretty funny coming full circle. We've said it so many times. Pretty Deadly remind us of Edge and Christian. What if Pretty, pretty Deadly became the new Edgeheads, became Edge's new lackeys anyway, became his like mu muscle, his, his undertow. Honestly, I feel like Edge needs to do that with this AJ Styles thing, at least for one one week, right? Like, just just let's yeah. go full circle on all this. All right, uh, Zaya Brookside complaining to Daddy on the phone because she sucks. Yeah, she's just like it's an annoying character. She's got a shrill, annoying voice, and she's trying to get under your skin, and she's doing a great job with it. But it's That's annoying, the thing, right? It's annoying <laughs> because she's doing her job, but it's yeah. still annoying. You can like you can objectively look at Zaya Brookside and say, hmm, this performer is doing an excellent job with what she is being told to do. But you could still say, I hate it. I hate this character. She's good, but I hate it. You know? Yep. All right. A truck driver is shown uh, looking around in the woods. An unknown voice discussed how they fought to survive by resorting to any means necessary. A mysterious figure appears at the end of the vignette. Uh, yeah, Wild Boar is back, it seems. Yep, Wild Boar. That is right. Wild Boar. He can boar. shoot, he can score. What's his name? Wild Boar. Let's go. Well, Noam Dar will defend his Heritage <laughs> Cup against Joe Coffey next week, and this leads us into a match that we're going to be talking on December 31st or January 1st, 2023, and that is Ilya Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier. You got that right, buddy. This is penciled in already to the list. It will be on the top 122 of, of 2022. This match was spectacular. 14 minutes and 42 seconds. A match built on respect. A classic babyface versus babyface uh, situation. It wasn't as good as Bret Hart versus 123Kid, but it was better than CM Punk versus Darby Allen. It was somewhere in between those two matches. Yeah, no, it was such a good match. It was such a good match. Look, you've been high on Nathan Frazier since the get-go. I like him, but you've really liked him. But holy, and, he, and so you, you know, going into a match when you have high expectations sometimes is the worst thing humanly possible. But I got to say, this match was just spectacular on every level of it. Like, Ilya Dragunov yeah. is just so good. The way he uses his body as a weapon in the ring is just insane. Oh, with like reckless abandon, throwing himself into his opponent over and over again. But yeah, man, 
uh, people kind of forget about Nathan Frazier. Like he was, he was hot for a second. He showed up on an AEW show as Ben Carter had a spectacular match and yep. then signed with WWE UK and kind of fell in between the cracks a little bit, just a little bit, but he has found his footing. He is getting strong, uh, pushes in, in NXT UK. He's having big matches, man. He wrestled Gunther. He wrestled the champ, Ilya Dragunov had a good showing both times. Uh, this it's looking like there's going to be a bright future for this Ben Carter, this Nathan Frazier. And I'm, uh, I'm pumped to see it. This match was spectacular. And I'm going to say this. If there's one match you're going to watch in the entire NXT brand in WWE, it is Ilya Dragunov versus Nathan Frazier. Yes, absolutely. This was the best match we're talking about on the podcast. I'd go as far to say this is top three WWE match of the year. The only two matches that are even close to it are Dragunov versus uh, Jordan Devlin, Empty Arena, and Rollins versus uh, Reigns from the Royal Rumble. Those are the only two matches that are even close to this level in all of WWE this year. Dude, if AEW Revolution wasn't this past weekend, I would say that Ilya Dragunov, Nathan Frazier was match of the week. Having said that, I would still rate it top three. Interesting, interesting. I say a high praise, man. Go out of your way to watch this match. Both of these guys are sick, two of the best, and NXT UK has some of the best talent just alone in Dragunov, Frazier, and A-Kid. I think they have, like, three pillars who, in a lot of ways, could rival AEW's four pillars. You know what I mean? In terms of pure in-ring talent, absolutely. Absolutely. Dragunov and A-Kid, are you kidding me? Nathan Frazier, too? I would rank Nathan Frazier number three out of those guys, and he's incredible. Yep. Agreed 100%. Agreed 100%. 100%. I see what you're saying there, buddy, and I just got to say I 1,000 million percent agree with you on that one. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, man. Anyway, so, yeah. speaking, uh, how many supernovas would you give this match? Uh, this match, I think the, the first two matches were three supernovas out of five. This match, four and a quarter supernovas Ooh. out of five. 80%. It's an 85%, rather. It's a hard A, no A minus, hardcore, stone cold match of the year contender. Honestly, such a freaking good match. Matt, we're done with NXT for the week. What do we have to look forward to over the next few weeks in the NXT brand of WWE? Thank you for asking, big homie. We have tomorrow night or afternoon, if you're uh, Eastern Standard Time, NXT UK, the match that I'm looking forward to most in all of pro wrestling right now, A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey. Charlie Dempsey, the son of William Regal. A-Kid, we've been spending the entire show sucking him off. So I was pretty lewd. I apologize. <laughs> I'm excited for A-Kid versus Charlie Dempsey is my point. Also on NXT UK next, uh, next uh, episode will be no Dar versus Joe Coffee for the NXT UK Heritage Cup. I appear to have broken Boris. Uh, NXT 2.0 next week. We have Cameron Grimes versus Santos Escobar. Indy Hartwell versus Persia Parada. Probably Sarai versus Tiffany Stratton. Probably A-Kid versus Kushida. It looks like they set that up. And we might also have the Women's Dusty Cup Final. Although we don't know quite when the Dusty Cup Final is coming. Stand and deliver at noon Eastern on April 2nd, we know for sure we have a five-man ladder match. Carmelo Hayes will take on Cameron Grimes or Santos Escobar and three other guys. It's it's going to be Cameron Grimes. <laughs> it's going to be Cameron Grimes. 
All right, we got through it, buddy. We did it, uh, and I'm never watching Level Up again as long as I live. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> All right, so on the SNME Network, you got the old Fs coming at you with All Elite Weekly on Thursday. On Friday, Matt and I are back chatting, bam, chatting some sports, chatting some entertainment, chatting some sports entertainment. That's on Friday. Saturday, you have Dose Shows. Saturday, as your Smack Daddies chat, all things SmackDown. And then the dark side of the elite. Roll on with the Rampage rollouts. And this leads us into Sunday. And Sunday, it's always time for the flagship show with Mike McGuire. And this week, we have a huge interview with the NWA champion, Matt Cardona. So pumped to check that out. Great get by Mike. Very excited to see what Matt Cardona has to say about his rise up the independent wrestling ranks over the past couple of years. Yep, exactly. It's, I think it's going to be, and it sounds like it was a fun chat. Ballergear.ca for all your SNME merch. Matt, I think we both need to sleep. He's yeah. Matt. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on Friday. On BAM. Goodbye. Keep your allergies in check out there. Aye, aye.